evening to you, God, from me and Tony P, who sits perched waiting for someone to tell us a story. <laughs> if anyone has stories to tell, God, you do. From the beginning of religious chronicles, scribes, priests have worked together to build stories that the two-legged here and help us understand you. We know these ancient stories can be read, you know, we can read them, but there's something womb-warming to be told a story. Well, you know, when I think about it, quotes about you, directly speaking, like to Moses, are more, well, commands or bolts of emotion, mm, no stories. They, they, they say, your game, life is telling us a story. Well, perhaps it is, but the story has too many themes and subplots, and the reason for the story, well, its purpose is not crystal clear. Good try. Stamp, rewrite. Why not go on a cable show? Maybe that would be good, where you could chat about the story behind your game. You know, seven billion plus players and climbing. Go on a new show. No. The Howard Stern Show. No. The 700 Club. Hell no. Actually, God, here's a story. The 700 Club, big, mega big, a large star of spirit, drawing us in with its holy media gravity. Tune in and see the greatest self-help book of all time, the Bible, and how it can improve the self, become a better self. Funny, you never let them interview you as a life coach. So, the story is a short story. Is that the 700 Club morphed from God and self-help to politics and country. Oh boy. Give believers land that they believe is theirs and boundaries they can defend and you have shit the spiritual bed. Chew the blooming of fascism. The end. Okay, that was a horrible, that was an awful story. All right, all right, all right. Listen, we don't need horrible stories at the moment. And maybe there is no good moment for a bad story. No matter. We, the young and the old, well, we crave stories. Native Americans, Hawaiians, implore. Tell story. In story, we ask, who am I in the story? Who do I look up to in the story? Who do I hate in the story? Who do I love in the story? We want a story whose words have deep roots. Teach me something. A good story gently takes you to a new location and place and time. Do you possess such a story? Do you? I mean, this notion that that the uh, life you have designed and we play out is your story. Well, it's a cop-out. I don't need to share my story. I am the story. Any teacher with a backbone would say to you, you are stalling. Did you do the assignment or not? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I apologize. Am I stupid? Yes. As always, I ramble, spew words in the hope that one word might offer a clue, a moment of light to see more clearly, and it has worked again. Duh, we've had this chat before. The stories of the Bible, the stories offered by prophets are to give us strength, give us pause, give us faith to continue to move from here to there on the game we play. When we leave this board game, when our peace has been removed, it is now each of us that must tell you a story about our time, not the other way around. We are your storytellers, not you. It is our story that informs you, soothes you, angers you, and helps you to understand a game you created and, like us, finds oneself lost in. 
Our stories are a trail of breadcrumbs for you to follow. And so I will tell you a story. No, 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 I will tell you two stories. It's cheaper. Story one, marriage for some is a way to correct an error. They say you can't choose your family. Well, actually that's not true. Welcome to marriage. When you choose your bride or groom, you also are making a choice of your own, choosing to accept another family, most centrally, your father and mother-in-law. For some newlyweds, the father-in-law or mother-in-law could be the father or mother you were hoping for as a kid. This was true for my father. His father was unreliable and a womanizer and the best mason in the city. His name was Louis, but his nickname was the mayor of New Haven. To the world, Louis, my father's father, was renowned for his civic duty. His hand was in everything, including the local synagogue. His family, he was an unsteady ice cube that could change from solid to liquid on a whim. When my grandfather worked, the family lived a good life. When he decided not to work, the family barely got by. So, no wonder my dad was drawn to his in-laws. Stable, hardworking, no drama. Unfortunately, when you marry, it doesn't create a wall between the present and the past. And so one day, the drama of his family knocked on my father's door. One day, in the form of the neighborhood temple president. The temple president informed my father that his father had embezzled a significant amount of money from the temple funds. The president made it very clear. We pay the money in short order or we go to the police. My father did not go to college. He went to commercial high school and worked for the railroad. He was young. He'd married, a, he'd married a short time and he had no nest egg built up for an unexpected emergency. And this was an emergency and a kick in the stomach. I think about my father. God, with a bowed head and shoulders weighed down by embarrassment, he sought out his father-in-law, Morris. Morris was an electrician, a scab electrician. He was not in the union. But his skill and constant employment allowed him to raise a family and buy a two-story house with a beautiful sun porch. And so... He took a deep breath, I suppose, and he told his father-in-law what the temple, the temple president had told him, the same temple they all went to in the neighborhood. Morris dipped into his savings and gave my father the money. In turn, my father presented the money to the temple president, and that was that. But what, what was that? It was an ugly example of how flawed your players can be. They say, honor your mother and father, Hmm, I wonder in this case. Now, is this story that an elder would tell? Would an elder tell this story on a rainy night? Is this a story that I tell to increase your understanding of us and your game? Or does it simply one more piece of evidence to support what you already know about the flesh-spirit experiment? Okay, okay, listen, one more. One more is a short one. So, there we were on a train in Sudan the last train out of the Capital City cartoon, an, an area beyond the Civil War that held us travelers and prisoners in the Capital City waiting for an escape. That's right, we were stuck in Khartoum and outside this city, war was going on. And we were stuck for weeks. And then news came. This train that was a rumor 
It now became a fact. This train was our last and only escape out. And if you missed this train, you'd be stuck in Sudan for a very long time. So, securely on this train, we shunted around and around the train yard until the long rickety line of train cars pulled out of the station. The ride was bumpy, hot, crowded. There were no amenities. Who cared? We were leaving Sudan. Slowly. Suddenly, the train stopped. Was something wrong? No, no, no. The amenities of a bathroom were being offered quickly. Welcome! Jump off the train. Africa is your toilet. This was the passenger's chance to run from the train to the airy flat around the tracks and relieve oneself. I needed relief, but not of the unzip and return quickly kind of relief. I had to take a crap. And I've been taking a crap all my life, but I did it alone in an enclosed private space. Now I was asking myself to drop trowel and go with others around me and a crowd of others simply looking on from the top of the train perches. My shy shitting habit pushed me further on out the land until I was far enough away where I felt mm, comfortable enough to relieve myself. Ah, success! And then the train began to move. As I stood with my pants on and a hundred yards away, I pulled up my pants halfway and began running, trying to pull the rest of my pants and, and zip up and, and buckle as well. From the top of the trains came wails of laughter. I was the comic relief. The Sudanese atop the train chanted, Kawaja, Kawaja. The Sudanese were for white man. Luckily, the train's departure was slow slow enough to get my sorry self back on the train. If I'd wandered on a few more yards to take a dump, I might have found myself stranded. Thankfully, all I left behind was my remains of the day. What about this story? Is this a worthy tale to be told to others on a winter's night? Does this story help increase your understanding? I mean, both are stories, well, about embarrassment. Mine, however, was an embarrassment of riches. Being able to travel the world was something my parents would never be able to do, not even to dream of. I may have caught, been caught with my pants down, hmm? but that was of my own choosing. My father had his pants pulled down without notice nor permission. Perhaps, uh, perhaps we not, should not be concerned if a story embarrasses the storyteller. We need stories to quench our soul, the way water does our thirst. And when we come before you, God, to tell our stories, we must remember our final obligation. We are the leavers of breadcrumbs for you to follow, who can get lost in your own game. A story tonight. Take me on a journey of words soft as wings in flight. Let me close my eyes and forget about today. Let me open my heart so I can hear your voice say. I'll tell you a story.
I'll tell you a story tonight. I'll take you on a journey of words soft as wings in flight. And if I fall asleep, let the words go on. Let them grow roots so deep that I can sleep upon. Everyone needs a story. Tell me a story tonight. Take me on a journey of words soft as wings in flight. And if I fall asleep, let the words go. Well, God, you're going to tell me a story before I go to bed? You're going to tuck me in? <laughs> I know. I'm the storyteller. But, you know, I'm thinking that all the chats that we've accomplished, we've kind of been writing a story together. Hmm, who gets top billing? Anyway, I'm rambling on. It's time for me to go to bed. Good night, God. Rest. <laughs>